0: Good morning. How is everyone doing today? Good. Good to see everybody. Hope everyone has had a good week and we want to welcome you to Arden First. If you are visiting, you're a special guest and we like to say what Arden First is all about. We're a church where you can belong, believe and become. And our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. And I'm excited that I'm just an ordinary guy, but in Christ is extraordinary life. And we want to offer that to everyone in the community and everyone we have a chance to share the good news with. Amen. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians, if you'll go ahead and turn there, Ephesians 3. And as you turn there, we've been going through the series, and today we're going to finish a passage that will bring us to the middle part of the book, the first three chapters of Ephesians. Paul deals with who you are in Christ, and the last three chapters he talks about becoming who you are, becoming what you are in Christ. So starting next Sunday, it's going to get very practical. It's going to talk about husband and wife relationships, employee-employer relationships, children. It's going to get very practical. So hopefully we can remember the first three chapters and be able to apply it in the weeks to come, and um, it'll help you through. So uh, this past Friday, Lori and I were doing taxes after the kids had gone to bed, and, um, how many of you have done your taxes yet? All right. It's so not half of you. So, and my wife used to be in an accountant and it's funny. We're, we're the last through our taxes, which sometimes tax people are the last through their taxes. I don't know what it is, right, Mike? So, um, we were doing our taxes and all of a sudden, Kira and Noelle come running out of the room and, uh, Kira's like, Noelle has something to tell you. And I was like, what's that? And they had, they have went to bed and, you know, we thought we were going to have some peace and quiet. And all of a sudden, basically, uh, Kira and Noelle share that uh, Noelle's been hearing Jesus talk to her and wanted to know if she could ask Jesus to come in her heart. So, um, you know, I, I started explaining the gospel to uh, three and a three-and-a-half-year-old. And I said, Noel, do you know what sin is? She's like, yes. I was like, have you ever disobeyed? And, of course, she, she confessed she has. And I was like, do you know about Jesus? And she said, I already know all that, Daddy. And I was like, all right, well, let's let's you're ready let's pray to receive Christ So she prays to receive Christ so yesterday we went to fun depot and I took this picture you notice the sign in the back it says redemption um, this is where you cash in your prizes but um, I thought that was apt for re- redemption in her life so uh, we basically celebrated the whole day and my, my thought is that if there was a party going on in heaven we got to have a party here on earth so we uh, played video games we ate ice cream we, we had a good time. So it was a good weekend. So last weekend, if you missed it, I talked about how my wife and I had an argument. If you missed it, you should listen to the podcast. So I'm not going to say any more. But this week was a little better, especially when you get dipping Dots to eat. And uh, that was great. So today we're going to talk about how God is able to do immeasurably more than anything you could ask or think. And if you notice in your bulletin every week, it says your scripture memory verse, Ephesians 3.20 which we're going to get into in a little bit. But I encourage everyone, by the end of this series, memorize Ephesians 3.20, because it's, it's so powerful. I'm excited about this message because this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So let, let's jump in verse 14. A little little background as we jump into 14. Paul was talking about Jew and Gentile are now one, one body in Christ. This was a mystery, but now they're one. And Paul picks up in verse 14. For this reason, because we're one in Christ... I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Uh, Paul's right there. You ever wonder why a lot of times as children we say, ask Jesus to come in your heart, and you're like, where is that? Well, this is talking to Christians, but... The idea of your heart is that's the, the essence of who you are. So when we ask Jesus to come into our life into our hearts, it's saying that Christ wants to dwell there. He wants to fill all of you. And it says the reason why that you may be rooted and grounded in love and that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Notice it says with all the saints. This is not something you can understand on your own. It's with the whole church. What is the width and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. All right, now, verse 20, let's say it to get together. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just pray that you clear our minds so that we can focus on you. God, whatever distractions we brought in, we lay at the foot of the cross. Um, Whatever struggles we give to you and pray for your forgiveness and pray for pure hearts so that, God, we can fully hear your spirit. Because, God, what I believe about each person in this room and those who are listening on the podcast, that you're able to do immeasurably more, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So, Father, help us to know how that's possible. How do we unleash God's immeasurably more? And, Father, we pray your blessing would be upon your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to talk about how Ephesians 3.20 becomes a reality. How does God do immeasurably more in your life, in your family, and in this church? How many of you want God's immeasurably more in your life? I've got both hands up, both feet up. Um... Well, here's the, here's the first first way we can do it. Point number one, and you can follow along with your listening guide and your bulletin. God's immeasurably more is set in motion by our prayers. Look at verse 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. Uh, Victor Edmund was a long-term president of Wheaton College. And before he became president at Wheaton College, he was a missionary in Ecuador. This is from 1923 to 1928. And while he was there, he contacted the typhoid typhoid fever, and he he was dying. And, um, you know, I've never been around anyone that had typhoid, but he was dying, and the natives thought that he was going to die in the night. He even had the death rattle. Have you ever heard anybody that had the death rattle? He had that in his throat, and the natives were like, he's not going to make it through the night. So according to the story, um, somewhere along the middle of the night, he had a high fever. And he just felt something touch him. And he woke up and he realized that his body was healed. He didn't know what had happened. The fever was gone. The rattle in his throat was gone. And obviously the next day, the natives were surprised that he was completely well. The typhoid fever had just been miraculously healed. So he went on furlough back to his home church in the States. And he shared this story with his church. And after after he shared his story, as a lot of times they do in churches, when a missionary shares, people come forward. And one of the ladies who was a prayer warrior in the church came to him and said, what date did you have this uh, really high temperature and thought that you were going to die from the fever? And he told her the exact date. And she had a prayer journal. And she turned open to a prayer journal the exact same date. And she said, brother, you don't realize this, but God woke me up in the middle of the night to pray for you. And I could not go to sleep until I had peace that God had touched you. And she's, she showed him the, the journal. He said, see that star? That star represents victory. That God had gave me the peace that you're going to be okay. And when uh, Mr. Edmund, Victor Edmund, heard this, obviously he was blown away. That the power of prayer. And sometimes people have prayed for you. And God's answered the prayer. And you didn't realize it. People were praying. And it's beyond your understanding. I uh, asked brother Paul Hunt if I could share this and uh, obviously he was okay with it but before he became a Christian in Florida many of you know his story um, he you know he came to Christian, became a Christian later in life and he went to after he became a Christian he went to go on visitation to visit this lady and she said what was your name again he's like Paul Hunt ma'am of course I can't say in the nice British accent and she said hold on just one second and she turned to a prayer book and Paul had never met this lady but it had his name in her prayer book. She had been praying for him to get saved. So, and I think the power of prayer is such that I believe prayers have a fulfillment date, but they don't have an expiration date. In other words, whenever you pray, it continues on until God answers it with a yes, no, or wait. Prayers don't have an expiration date. So perhaps your great-great-grandmother prayed for you 100 years ago, and the prayers are being answered even after they're long gone. Be, to be with the Lord. you guys realize the power of prayer? Look look back at this verse that's on the screen here. It says, For this reason I bow my knees. Can you imagine being chained to Roman soldiers and getting on your knees in prayer? That would be really hard, wouldn't it? You're like, Okay, hold on a second, guards. I've got to bow down. Um, you may need to bow down with me because these chains are stretching a little far. And notice it says, To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the whole model of prayers, like Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer our father in heaven. So prayer is praying to your heavenly father through the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And notice it says through the whole family in heaven on earth It is named. As I was researching this, I thought it was interesting. One scholar said it's one family in two locations, one family, two locations. You've got a heavenly family and you've got an earthly family. Did you guys realize that one family in two locations? So whenever you're praying, and this is just getting practical, Um, And I appreciate the prayer group, Dot, Kirby, and all of you who pray at 9. And by the way, Wednesday nights, we have a really exciting prayer time coming, so it's powerful. Hopefully this will encourage you guys to show up on Wednesday because prayer is powerful. So you think about it, it says, the whole family on heaven and earth is named. Did you realize that when you pray, you're drawing out of God's resources? And um, when I think about it, let's say, for instance, that you need passion. You could pray a prayer like this. God, give me the passion of David, the man after your own heart that wrote music, that danced in the streets. Give me that passion. Whenever you need wisdom, you can say, God, give me the wisdom of Solomon. Maybe maybe I won't have all of it, but give me some wisdom like you gave Solomon. Whenever you feel weak, pray for strength like Samson. God, I'm feeling a little weak, just like you empowered Samson. I need you to help me a little physically. Whenever you need courage, you can say, God, I need to draw on the courage of Esther. You gave Esther courage, and she stood up to the pagan king. God, I need a little courage in my workplace. Whenever you feel like you need to compromise, and it's tempting, and you know you shouldn't, but you feel like you're going to, pray for the courage of Daniel. Daniel is willing to stand up to basically a whole nation, and he was not willing to compromise, he or his, his other three friends. Whenever you feel like you're fallen, And you've let God down and you need a second chance. You can say, God, just like you gave Peter a second chance, restore me. See, we're drawing out of God's resources. When you feel like giving up, you know what you need to do? Pray for the Apostle Paul's tenacity. I mean, this guy kept getting beat and whipped, thrown in prison. And you know what? You can't chain the word of God. It kept getting out and his ministry kept growing. Even when he was in prison, his ministry kept growing. Can you imagine that? So think about prayer. God's immeasurably more is set in motion by the power of our prayer. So if you want God's exceedingly abundantly above his immeasurably more, do you really think you can pray less to get that activated? We need to really tap into God through prayer. Number two, God's immeasurably more is unleashed when you are inwardly empowered. Look at this verse in verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, To be strengthened with might, someone say might, through his spirit and inner man. Uh, Warren Wiersbe really had a good point here. Uh, I was reading his commentary. He says, you notice it says says according to his riches. It doesn't say out of his riches. So imagine if I was a billionaire, which I'm not, um, and I gave you $100. Would that be out of my riches or according to my riches? That would be out of my riches, right? I mean, $100 is nothing to a billionaire. But if I gave you a million dollars, that would be according to my riches. That would be in proportion. So one is in portion and the other one is in proportion. So God has so much resources, spiritually speaking, in and, and every way you could. He owns the cattle in thousand hills. So when he says, I pray that God would grant you according to the riches, it's saying that God's a generous God. He's not just going to give you out of it. It's going to be according to. It's going to be in proportion And I love how it goes on. It says that to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Notice that God wants to strengthen you and I. How many of you realize your outer man can be growing weak while your inner man is growing strong? You may feel like this body is getting older and it is every day, by the way. But you know why your outer man is growing weaker, your inner man can be strengthened. So here's the new thing I just thought up this this week. You can grow up, but you don't have to grow old. I'll say that again. You can grow up, but you don't have to grow old. Your physical body may be wasting away, but your inner man is the one that's going to live on forever. Right. And as you grow up and your body gets older, you don't have to grow old inside. You can grow up, but you don't have to grow old. Amen. And so like, OK, Timothy, Great. Like, prove it. Well, I knew this guy in his 70s. His name was Bill Kishner. I wish he was still alive and he would have visited here. He was a, a businessman and retired in his 50s. But this guy was like rocking it until he was like in his 70s, 80s, full of life. I mean, he would walk into a place and light up the room. And I was just like, man, you think this guy was like 16? He grew up, but he never grew old because his inner man was full of life. And even if you feel like your body is shutting down, and notice I'm leaning on this, this pulpit here. If your body's shutting down, it just means you're getting closer to exchange your body for a brand new body that never grows old. See, it's, it's how you look at it, right? So he says, I pray that you would be strengthened in your inner man. And I, I just love how the Holy Spirit, he gives you spiritual strength and stamina. So you know what? Christians, we should not walk around internally and be defeated for a long period of time. Yes, we go through depression. Yes, we go through struggles. But you know what? We ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. That means that there were times time where you weren't strengthened, but you shouldn't stay in that situation, right? Because God wants to help us. You guys getting encouraged so far? I'm not even to verse 20 yet, so hold on. Number three. God's immeasurably more is actualized as you walk by faith. Walk by faith. You know, I really love this, and if if you have time to go home and read this in the Phillips translations, the other translations, when it says that Christ may dwell in your heart, in the Greek it kind of has this word picture of fill at home, that Christ may fill at home in your heart. Did you know that Jesus can be inside of you through the Holy Spirit, but not fill at home? It's hard to fathom, isn't it? Let's look at your life. Have you ever been to someone's house? And maybe you paid them a visit and they weren't expecting you and you stayed outside the door. They didn't invite you in. But maybe they invited you in, but you only were like standing in the living room. They didn't ask you to sit down. Have you ever not felt at home somewhere? Somewhere you're like, absolutely. But have you ever been to someone's house and they give you a whole tour of the house, every room, every nook? And you're like, man, I feel like I'm buying this house because I'm seeing every room. And they set you down and... It, you know, it's like Betty Moody's house. You get chocolate cake and coffee and, and it's just like, okay, I feel at home. I think I'll stay an hour. Would you like another cup of coffee? Absolutely. You know, by the time you walk out, you're full of sugar and caffeine. But the idea is if you want to unleash God's immeasurably more, it says Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Notice it's not through feelings. Many of us Christians live by our feelings. We're roller coaster Christians. We're up one day, down another day. It's not through your circumstances. It's not through other people. It's that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. In other words, I can't see it right now, but I know it's a reality. I may not be able to feel God right now, but I know he's inside. I may not know how he's going to work it out, but he is. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know, God lives in the land of faith. So if you want to experience him more in your daily lives, even though he lives inside of you, if you want him to dwell and feel at home, he lives in faith. So you need to cast the doubt aside. And if you want to experience him more today than you did yesterday, yes, he is with you. But how many of you know that without faith, it's impossible to please God? Number four, God's immeasurably more takes root as you personally experience the love of Christ. Verse 17, it says that you being rooted and grounded in love. I love that terminology, rooted and grounded. I was reading about this pastor. His name was Bill um, Parnell Bailey. And he went to visit Orange Grove. How many of you have ever been to Orange Grove, like California, Florida? Um, I know some of you have. So he went to visit this Orange Grove and the irrigation pump had broken down. And a lot of the trees, it was very hot for that time of year. A lot of the trees were beginning to shrivel up. But the guy who was given a tour, tour guide um, basically took him on a tour and said, I want to show you my grove. And he took him to his grove. And for some reason, his orange trees weren't drying up, even though there were no water. And the, the tour guide said, I could give these trees another two weeks and it'd still be okay. Because whenever I started this particular orange grove, I didn't give them water for a long time. And it forced their roots to grow deeper. So that way, they're still feeding off water and nutrients, even while the other trees are shriveling up. So when Paul says that you being rooted, he's saying, listen, your 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 Christian life is like a thriving tree. And if you want to stay strong, you have to have a root system. So the higher you go, the deeper you must go. Let me give you some scripture, and you can write these down in your notes. Psalm 13, many of you are familiar with this one, it says, "He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bears its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers." Why? Because the root system. But notice what you're rooted in. You're rooted and grounded in love, right? Jeremiah 17:7 7 and eight it says, "Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord." Whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. Same picture. Who spreads out its root by the river. And notice this next phrase. And will not fear when the heat comes. And it says it's ever going to be producing um, growth. It says its leaf will be green. It's going to be evergreen. Look at the person next to you and say you're going to be evergreen. You get the picture. It's rooted. It's rooted. But also it's grounded. The word grounded makes you think of a building. So not only is the Christian life like a a thriving tree that needs a deep root system, but it's like a building. And we've got Brother Dan on the front row here who makes a lot of buildings. Whenever you build a building, you need a deep what? Foundation. And the taller the building, the deeper foundation you have to go. Some of you have been up to New York and some of the the big cities, and you've seen them constructing skyscrapers. Have you ever seen the underground, how many feet? I mean, it goes way, way, way down. So the higher the building, the deeper it has to go. So here's the idea. Who's living inside of you right now? The Holy Spirit, right? Jesus is dwelling through the Holy Spirit. What kind of home are you building for Jesus to live in? Are you building a little shack, or are you building a skyscraper? If you want a nice building for Jesus to live in, talking about your body, you've got to be rooted. You've got to be grounded. You know, I was talking to my wife and I've never thought of it until this week. Different thoughts have come to me. But right now, you know, God is living inside of me. And I believe, you know, he'll will have his presence forever. And, we're, you know, he's living in my temple. But one day I'm going to be living in his temple when we get to heaven. You ever thought about the difference? He's living in me. And this is a temporary body. I'm going to have an eternal body. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to be living in his house. And by the way, it's taken him over 2000 years to build your my house. I don't know what it's going to be like. So if God is building such a place to live with him, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't you think we should build a nice place for him to live here on earth? You have full access to every room. I'm, I'm grounded. I'm rooted. So when your friends ask you. Sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so, why, why do you go to church all the time? Why are you there Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Bible study? Why do you read your Bible every day? Why do you share your faith? You can say, honey, it's because I'm getting grounded. I'm getting rooted. And one day the drought's going to come. One day the sun's going to try to take all my moisture and nutrients away. But because I got roots and because I'm grounded, I'm going to be able to withstand when the hard times come. Being rooted and grounded in love. In love. D.L. Moody once said, if people would just realize that God loves them so much, you couldn't build enough church buildings to hold all the people. Most of the people would run to God instead of from God, is what D.L. Moody said. If they would just be, if we could just convince them how much God loves them. Notice it says, with all the saints. I don't think we should skip over that. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints. You will never be able to fully comprehend and understand God's love in isolation. So when people say, Well, I can, I can study the Bible on my own, I can listen online, I can. Well, you know what? It says with all the saints. You cannot fully understand God's love until you're in community with others. And notice it says it passes knowledge, so it's kind of like a paradox. I want you to understand it, but you'll never fully understand it. At least in the physical and the spiritual, God may give you insights. And it says, it's, I want you to know, what does it say? The width and the length and the depth and the height. God's love is so wide, you can't get to the end of it. God's love is so long, you can't exhaust it. It is so deep, you can't get to the bottom of it. And is so high, you can't rise above it. Try as you will, but you can't escape the all-encompassing love of God. Can't get above it, can't get below it, can't get around it. It's everywhere. His love is everywhere. And notice it says that you may experience the love of God. It's not head knowledge. It's a personal experience. Number five, God's immeasurably more, and this is going to sound different, it increases as you decrease. It says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, the thing about God, he can do whatever he chooses to do, but he chooses not to fill a vessel that's already full. So if you want to be full of God's presence, you have to begin to empty yourself of you. What do you need to empty yourself of so that God can fill you? It's not that you need more of God. It's that you need to give more of yourself to God so he can fill. You know, it's not like God's on the installment plan. I just need more of God, more of Jesus. No, God moves in. He's not like a partial God, but you don't give him access to all your rooms immediately. You may know him as Savior, but do you know him as Lord? And when he knocks on a certain door of your life, are you willing to open that door and say, Jesus, come in? Come into this area, of my relationship and my finances and my social life and every aspect. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. What does the fullness of God look like in someone's life? I've only met a few people that I thought they were filled with the fullness. Few of us get there. And it's not that you're perfect It just means that you're totally surrendered. That God, you have everything. I hold nothing back. Whatever you say, I'll do it. Number six, and this is where we get to verse twenty. God's immeasurably more is energized when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through our lives. Many years ago, I heard a story in a west about a story long ago in a western town, and there was this old western shop. And this gentleman was this, like, farmer boy. He came up, and he was noticing that all these people were huddled around this window. And as he looked through the window, he saw an American eagle there, and it was chained by one of its talons. And they were just mesmerized at the beauty and the majesty of this American eagle. So the young country boy went, went, went right in, and he talked to the store owner, and he said, "How much do you want for the eagle, sir?" And back then, it was really cheap. It was like $2. I mean, how many of you have paid $2 for eagle? So he he paid the money. And all the people, it must have been a small town with nothing to do because they followed the guy down the road. And he found a high sign. And he put the eagle on the sign. And he released him. And the crowd was ready for the eagle just to soar. But he just stood there. He was so used to being chained, he didn't move. And all of a sudden, the eagle's eyes caught glimpse Of the setting sun. And as the sun went into his eyes. And translated into his brain. The eagle remembered that he was an eagle. And he remembered above the crevices. And in the cracks. And in the mountains and ravines. I used to fly. So he picked up one of his eagle legs. And realized there was no chain. He picked the other one up. No chain. He picked one wing up. And realized he still had strength. The other wing. And with a a shrill the eagle took off. And started flying into the sun out of sight. Whenever the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All of a sudden, shackles begin to fall off of you. All of a sudden, the past no longer haunts you as it did before. All of a sudden, Satan's power doesn't have any power over you. And then you can say, now to him who is able. Who is able? God is able he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. So let's look at this to do. You know, the interesting thing about doing things is God never changes. He's the unchangeable one. But isn't it interesting that the God who never changes love to loves to produce change in our lives. You ever thought about that? God doesn't change, but he likes change in us. Change for the better. And how many of you notice we don't like change, right? It's been said the only one who likes change is the wet baby needing a diaper change. I found that to be true. We don't like change, but God likes to produce change in and through our lives. Notice that God exceeds our expectations. It says exceedingly. Whatever your expectations are, God says, I can do above that. Notice he does more than what's needed. It's abundantly. So he does exceedingly. And he does abundantly. It's more than what's necessary. He goes beyond the expected norms. It's above. It's exceedingly abundantly above. And you notice he's not limited by your small prayers. It says above anything you could ask. The biggest prayer that you could pray, God says I can do bigger than that. And he's bigger than your intellect. Thank God. I would say thank God for that because mine's not that great. But the biggest thoughts you could think, God's like, "I I can beat that. And notice it's according to the power. Who's the power at work within us? It's the Holy Spirit, right? So here, here's what I want you guys to get. i want to go back to the restaurant or the, the house idea. I told you about You ever been to a house and you didn't feel welcome? What if I invited you over to my house and I said, you know, we're going to have a hot dog cookout. So you, you came expecting some hot dogs, some crying kids, and some chips. But you came to my house and um, instead of having hot dogs, you had filet mignon. And you had sweet potato casserole. And you had chocolate cream pie, or if you prefer, a strawberry shortcake with fresh strawberries, freshly picked. Whipped cream and chocolate drizzle all over it. And I said, You know what? The night's still young. And then I took you guys to the chocolate lounge. And Lori and I treated you guys to a nice homemade hot chocolate with marshmallows. And then I said, You know, you guys got plans? No, we're fine. So we went on the parkway after that, and we saw, saw stars coming across the sky. So you came you came to my house expecting hot dogs and some chips and some crying kids, but you didn't expect the filet mignon. You didn't expect to go on the parkway. You didn't expect, you guys get where I'm getting. You guys have expectations of God that are this low, and God says, listen, you you need to believe I can do more than your wildest dreams. It's not always what you think. What you think is best is not always best. I operate in the grid of eternity. So you may be praying for finances, but I may give you friends. You may be praying for health, but I may give you holiness, practically speaking. What, what you think is good may not always be good from an eternal perspective. I want what's good for you for now and forever. And by the way, I save the best for last. So God wants to do immeasurably more. Number seven, and we're running out of time because this text is so rich. God's immeasurably more showcases his glory in the church. It says to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all generations. So what this says is when God unleashes his exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask, hope or dream, your wildest dreams, God says, I can outdo that. When this happens in people's lives, God receives the glory and his glory radiates through your lives. The glory of God in part is his character and his love, and his light. And the Bible says when we are partakers of his divine nature, it's saying that not that we're perfect, but if Jesus lives inside of us, don't you think it should shine out of us? His light, his love, his character. Moses, the glory of God came through Moses and his face lit up and he had to wear a veil. Wouldn't it be nice if all of us just had this light about us that we glue, we we, we shone and people saw us and they're like, "Wow, this person glows. This is different." You guys want to hear a final story? All right, Jim White, come on up. We're going to have Jim share. Jim, you got 2 minutes, brother. 2 minutes. God has been working in Jim's life, and uh I thought it'd be good to have actual testimony. Isn't it good to bring testimonies back to church? So, uh Jim, tell us what God's been doing in your life.
1: Oh, hello. (laughs) Goodness. Um, Well, as many of you know, I came from Florida in 2008 in a rental car and just transferred transferred with Walgreens, and um, I thought I had a place to live when I got here, but as you know, God has plans. You don't make your plans, and I was sitting in a parking lot just down the street, and literally in tears and I asked God for direction, God sent me to this church. Um, And so since I've been here, if it hadn't been for Arden First Baptist Church, they uh, furnished my apartment, which was literally an eight-minute walk just on the street at Weston Ridge Apartments. And then... That summer of 2008, Walgreens built a store right on Airport Road. So I had a three-minute walk to work. So God is amazing. And lately, I've been blessed in helping with a ministry for those who have lost loved ones with Tom Jackson. But I've been starting my day with a starting reading a verse from the Bible each day. And God is amazing. Um, he, I feel lighter in my heart. Um, he's giving me direction. Um, and when I walk into this church, I know that I'm loved, and this is my family now. I've lost three brothers in the last three years. This is a loving, compassionate, and caring church. And because God sent Timothy here, it's because of his love and compassion for God that we are growing. And what a loving church this is. And I want to just thank Lori and John. I hope John's doing well and Lori and... I just wanted to share that with you and thank you for being the church that you are. And I want to thank Elaine for the wonderful music that she... I've seen her for the last eight years. And Elaine, you've got a glow about you and your music is just uplifting and wonderful. And thank you, Stephen Stone. And thank you all the ladies in the church that serve God. And thank you, Hard First Baptist Church.
0: All right, your take-home truth is this. Since God is able to do immeasurably more than your wildest dreams, why do you still anticipate less than his best? So here's a homework assignment for this week. Talk to someone that you trust about one of your dreams, maybe a dream that's died. and pray, God, if this is your plan, renew that faith that you're able to do immeasurably more in my life, exceedingly abundantly above. Let us pray together. Father, your word is so powerful, and um, we didn't even touch the surface of it today. But God, I thank you that you're able to do immeasurably more, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, all that we could pray for, all that we could imagine. Father, right now I pray for all of my friends here. I pray that we each would have an experience like Jim had, that wherever we're at, we'd realize the love of God takes us deeper deeper, and further than we could ever imagine. Father, help us to believe again. Help us to dream again and help us to hope again for our own lives, for our families. God, for those who are still working for their careers, their vocations, and God, for this church. God, as Jim mentioned, we thank you for the loving people here. Thank you for Elaine and Stephen and the choir, for our Sunday school teachers, our nursery workers, our ushers, hospitality, those who do sound. Everyone who has any role, we just pray you encourage and empower and strengthen them. And Father, for the rest of us, help us to know that you love us dearly and you have a purpose and a plan. Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day that they receive you as their Lord and Savior. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.